What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Four Verse Podcast. Uh, this episode is just going to be recaps of our team's Week One games, including that offensive thriller in Charlotte between Georgia and Clemson. So, I hope you enjoy. Let's get it. in the books lots of excitement uh some ups and some downs in this in this group alone uh yeah we'll start yes i'll I'll start us off with the downs really downs um so everything i said last week just completely thrown out of the window got getting off to a hot start just not (laughs) screwing around like all that no we'll just go out there um honestly i really didn't think the play calling was that bad on the offensive side of the ball i think we abandoned the run at strange times and put ourselves behind the the chains and uh to begin with jeff looked terrible uh he he missed by my count i rewatched our offensive series by my count four wide open touchdown passes um there's 28 points right there um it was bad i don't know what the deal is everything in camp was saying the last two weeks of camp, he didn't miss a throw. And that's coming from people going to watching, not the coaching staff. So, I mean, there's just a disconnect somewhere. If you, When the lights come on in game time, I don't know what the deal is with him. He just looks like he's mentally checked out. So um, that's really frustrating. He got hurt. Obviously, I don't know how bad it is. I thought it was a broken forearm at first um, because it, he came off the field right in front of us and he was holding his below his elbow and his arm looked pretty messed up. But they're saying he's practicing. I think Yates is going to play this week. But Jordan uh, Jordan Mason and Jameer are having no problem running the ball. Jameer had over 150 yards all purpose. Um, we couldn't get him in the end zone. And I don't understand why. And um, we'd be driving, get down to the 30, and decide we're going to pass two downs in a row, put ourselves at third and 10. And it's just like, okay, well, we just killed that drive. Um, we did that a couple of times. Also, we had really fresh backs. I mean, shit, we put Dante in for one play the whole game, and it went for 15 for a touchdown. It's just like we're running Jordan and Ja into the ground. And I, like I said, I predicted Ja would get 60% of the snaps. He got at least that. Um, but, I mean, shit, rotate backs. I think Dante's explosive, and I think Jemias is, is good enough to, to, get, to spell those guys. So keep fresh legs. I don't know why. That was another thing we were – those guys just look tired out there at times. Offensive line play, according to PFF grading, was better. Um, Devin Cochran is much better. Uh, we've not had a healthy Jordan Williams or Kenneth Kirby, apparently. So didn't know that going into the game. That's why we were playing Nick Penley at right tackle. And Ryan Johnson had a terrible game for an offensive lineman. He, he got beat pretty often. But there was just a lot of weird things that, at this point, we shouldn't be seeing on the offensive side of the ball. And then to get into defense, um, I think Thacker's way over his head. Uh, when a team goes, like, uh, they realized that they could 
go sugar huddle and they could line up on the ball quick and go and just run a 21 personnel or 11 personnel. And they could, those were the only two formations they were running out of after the halftime because they realized that they could get in that formation, not have to sub. And we kept trying to sub and we had the wrong uh, personnel on the field. And we're trying to get signals. Like I, I watched plays from the Georgia Clemson game. I watched probably half of that game on replay this past, this, this week. And when a team goes quick and they go no huddle, like if they pick up tempo, your team goes to a base defense and that's what you run. You get lined up. We're out of, we're not lined up. We're looking for a call. We're looking for, and everybody's on a different page. I can't tell you how many times Trace Williams was on the boundary and was looking for the call and did never got it. And go, go watch Clemson against Ohio state. And that's what you'll see for 60 minutes. And that's so frustrating because at some point you have to have a base defense that you can tell these guys, if we don't get a call, they're in this personnel line up and run it. That's what good teams do. That's what Georgia did. Go and look out. I just watched it against Clemson. Clemson picked up, they get a couple first downs, pick up tempo. You didn't see guys looking for the sideline. Maybe, maybe a backer, maybe looking for a quick call that they can get something, but they were lined up in a base defense ready to go. I mean, it may not be the call you're looking to get, but at least you're lined up ready to go, you know, somewhat prepared. So honestly, that's all checks on your, like on your linebackers, whoever the hell your middle linebacker is. He's, he's got to know how to get guys lined up and in the but, right gap. But, but my point to, to that is, is that's Thacker coaching him. He's our defensive oh, yeah, coordinator. 100%. He's our defensive coordinator. So when it comes down to it, it's coaching. You're not coaching these guys up to be in a, in, in a to succeed. And so when, when you guys are out there looking on the sidelines every time, because that's what you get them used to doing, and you don't have a you don't coach them go to a base defense when they go sugar huddle. They would sugar huddle, turn around, snap it, and and just pick up five six yards, no problem, because we weren't even lined up. We got busted twice for um, illegal substitution because we're trying to run guys on and off the field. We'd see them uh, – they pick up a first down and we try to swap – we try to run a sub package out there. And on top of that, get the sub package wrong, send out the wrong guys, and we're try, still trying to swap while they don't, they don't have to hold the snap up because they didn't sub. So it's like little things that as a fan I'm sitting there saying, what the hell are we doing? And our, everything just looks like a cluster on the sideline. And it was just I – don't, I don't really understand it. Uh, I thought linebacker play was better. Run fits were much better when we were lined up ready ready to go um ace played not great like i was hoping um on a critical third down on the last drive for whatever reason the last drive was the drive we decided to give up points in the second half and had they checked down on a third and 10 to a tight end should have gone for one yard he slips and falls and picks up the first down so um i don't know to chalk up that to bad georgia tech luck that i'm used to or i don't really know um, and our secondary still does not play the ball in the air. Uh, there were three catches where they just went up and took it straight over our guy's head because none of our guys get their head around. None of them play the ball. When they see a guy go up for a catch or get his eyes get big or turn his head, they just throw their hands up and don't, don't get in position to play the ball in the air. And uh, at that point, at some point, it's coaching. I mean, you got to coach these guys to, to put themselves in a better position. So the backs has to be on scooter. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, that's, that's Scooter's job. That's his specialty. So um, it, it is what it is, right? I mean, I, I don't think Jeff is paying. I think he's trying to run this like a, a Dabo Sweeney situation where he can turn things over to his coordinators and him worry about other things. 
And his coordinator is not good enough for that. I, I mean, I did listen to CDP's um, his his press conference today, and he says a lot of good things. Like I, I he said a lot of things that I've been thinking, and that he's noticing. So he's honest. Um, Thacker's it way in over his head. Listen to him talk. It's just like he just regurgitates all the shit that he hears Jeff say, and then he just it's like he just throws out as many football words as he can to make himself sound intelligent. But in the and come game time, we're not prepared at all. So um, I feel bad for the kids. Definitely. I think there's talent out there to play way above what we're playing right now. Um, someone like Jameer, I mean, shit, I feel bad for him. All off season we talked about, we all we heard was we're going to try to play him like a Camara and they, we've been watching film on that. And like, that's his style. That's who he models his game after shit. We ran him. We, ran him into the ground in between the tackles. We, we lack zero creativity to get him the ball in space. And that's just a guy that you can't – you're just wasting his talent if you do that. So I feel bad for him. Um, special teams, punter, fine. We're back. We, had, we got another good punter. He was booting it. Um, not sure how we broke another kicker, uh, uh, all-SEC kicker, but he missed two. Um, they were just really bad. So not sure what was up with there. Um, there's more points. And then Jeff's in-game coaching is still putrid. Like we got down to first and goal on a long Jordan Mason run. We line up, run it up the middle, get two yards. Next play, we call the exact same play, run it again. But this time we tried to sub and brought in our H back and he misses a block and it, it goes for two yards or it, it goes for a two yard loss. So then it gets third down. We call a timeout because we tried to sub again, but couldn't get the sub package right. And the play clock was going down. So we go back out there on third down, don't get any yardage. And then we're going to go kick a field goal. We line up to kick the field goal. And I'm not sure what happened, but Jeff decides to burn another timeout to take the field goal unit back off the field and go for, go for the um, fourth down conversion. And then, it's borderline. Did he catch it? Yeah, I thought it was a catch. And if I've watched it again, I thought it was a touchdown, but they called a touchdown field and then reversed it. Um, so we didn't get any points and we burned two timeouts early in the third quarter. So it's just like the coaching is just not there. So in all aspects of the game, it's frustrating. It was miserable to be at. We left so many points on the field and NIU is not a good team, but they played we're soft they played much tougher than we did and uh it's really all I have on it this this upcoming week it it shouldn't even be close uh Kennesaw State probably has the worst team they've had since they've had a program on campus um they barely could hey, fill we'll, out a... we'll, we'll get into that okay but I mean yeah after this past week that's how I'm feeling not good well I mean it's not all bad. I mean, Gibbs had 99 yards. Jordan Mason had 96. Hell, Malachi Carter had probably the best game of his career. So, I mean. Well, other than the fact that on a critical third down conversion, he dropped a wide open pass across the middle. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, it happens. It happens. It, it just, but, it, it, we just lack mental toughness. Like, in, in times and games where you just have to convert, you have to execute, that's like, it seems to go out the window for us. Hell, we're driving, finally putting a drive together. Um, we're throwing the ball around first and 10, 
Jeff just decides to get lazy and puts the ball on the hip of Jordan Mason, Mason at the mesh and they drop it and we fumble. It's just like, that's the kind of things I talked about last week that we can't continue to do. Jeff's not in high school anymore. He just can't have these mental lapses of, I, you know, I'm good for three plays and the next play, I, I just get lazy or whatever. I, 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 don't, I take a damn break. I don't know what it is, but it's just, uh, it's frustrating because this is the kind of thing at this point in year three, like we have the talent to beat a freaking North IU. I mean, that shouldn't even be in question. So I don't think that's the excuse. It's just coaching at this point. Do you like uh, Yates more than Jeff after I that performance? <clears throat> so I don't know if I necessarily like him. I think at the moment he gives us the best chance to win because he wants to be out there. He goes out there and competes, and he'll do anything you can tell to go out there and try to win and put his team in the best position to win. I think we're very limited to what we can do with him. We're going to roll the pocket a lot with him. Um, he's not gonna, just going to stand in the pocket, although he did a little bit against Northern Illinois, and he threw some nice passes on a nice touchdown pass, uh, um, an in route to Kyrick McGowan for a touchdown. Um, I mean, I think Jeff's upside – or his ceiling is way higher and it's frustrating to see because Jeff can be really good at times and at times he can be really bad and it just doesn't make sense how inconsistent he is. So I would say at, in the moment, I want to watch Jordan Yates play. I mean, I'm tired of the, the shit we're going through with Jeff. I know Jeff's been practicing, but I think we're going to see Jordan Yates play, but in the end, it'd be nice if Jeff could get his shit together and, be more consistent because I definitely like he's more athletic he's bigger he's stronger um he has a better arm he just just is I don't know he doesn't he lacks the the mental like awareness at all times of you know what's going on and all kind of stuff and he just takes mental lapses and so to answer your question in the moment yeah I do that's who I want to be that's who I want to see this this, this Saturday and that's who I think we'll see Shoot, I'm looking at the box score right now, and I know penalties were, like, a big problem last year. You only had two penalties for five yards. Dude, I mean, we focused on – not... had one turnover, so, I mean, not – I guess a lot of the the things that came – other than kicking, two of the three things that bit you in the ass a lot last year seemed to have been fixed for the, for the time being. And I don't know if it was – maybe we harped on that so much because, like, that was the biggest thing we heard all year was fixing our own mistakes, penalties. Like, apparently that was, like, the biggest thing we addressed, penalties and turnovers. But it looked like guys were out there playing, like, timid, not to, to not mess up instead of playing loose. Like, it just looked so strange seeing it. I don't know. I don't know if maybe that's one of the things. Like, yeah, we cut down on that. If you look at the box score, you think there's no way we lost, we won – uh, or we there's no way we lost the game. You would think we at least oh, no. Won the I game mean, you, you out you outgained them by 130 yards. Yeah, 50 percent on third downs. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I before the game, I said I wanted to see 450 all-purpose yards. We had what 430, close yeah, to it. Yeah, 429 total. You said 300 on the ground. They went for 275. So I mean. We, we did what we should have done. We just did it. We left so many points out there on the board because of just stupid mental mistakes, and it's coaching. It's, it's all coaching, in my opinion. So I don't know where we go. Um, this Saturday doesn't do a lot for me. If, if it's close, I think we're in deep shit. 
if we beat the hell out of them, I really don't care. It doesn't give me any confidence because they're a terrible team. So, um, and then you turn around with Clemson the next week. So it's a long, it's going to be a long year. Y'all are catching us at the right time. Shit. I, I, I really don't even think it matters. Tyson Pumachan put up however much, he did whatever he wanted to last year. I, I lack no, zero confidence. y'all last year, dude. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he did. That's when yeah. Hunter Helms <laughs> took his spot. Yeah. Um, I lack zero confidence in our deep, current defensive coordinator and staff to come up with a plan to make us competitive in that game. Nothing they have shown me gives me confidence. Nothing they showed me gives me confidence that we're going to do it against the triple option this weekend. So, I, I mean, it's just bad on the defensive side of the ball. And if Jeff doesn't um, take a little bit of ownership on that defense, because I think he, I think he knows defense. I think he's a good, he was a good defensive coordinator wherever he's been, but I don't think he's doing enough on the defensive side of the ball. If your if your coordinator's not cutting it. Go to your offensive coordinator and say, hey, you got to step your shit up and, and, and take care of this because I got to go to the defense. You're on your own, buddy. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my guy, Thacker's not cutting it. I got I to gotta do something. I mean, save your own ass. You know, like do it for yourself if you're going to do it for – if you're not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like just go out there and – I don't know. It's frustrating. I'm probably as most frustrated as I've ever been. And we had some, two bad years previously, so if that tells you anything. There's no excuses at this point. The first two years, you can come up with excuses. This one, there's none. Well, Jacob, do we do we want to go to a to a happier note with the with the show? Yeah, we can go to a little bit happier note. Um, Shane Beamer got the, his first dub in the first game of his uh, first head coaching job ever. So that was nice um, being there in the stadium with. I think the attendance ended up being like 65,000. So about 10, 15,000 short of, of a packed crowd, um, which isn't that surprising given who we were playing. Um, but it was just an awesome experience being there, uh, them running out 2001, having Sandstorm playing. Um, but anyways, getting to the game, um, defense played well uh, as you – or as, you know, as Gamecock fans would have expected. Um, I really thought that the defensive line would have had more penetration, you know, in the form of sacks. Um, but they, I mean, they were getting to the backfield all night. Um, I mean, yeah, you rushed for 31 yards, which I'm just, I'm just now realizing. Um, I'm just now realizing that, we let EIU rush for more yards than Georgia let Clemson rush for this weekend. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but yeah, defense played well. The, uh, the secondary looked fine, but it, I mean, it's against EIU, so you can't draw too many conclusions from that. Um, you know, you, you got to mention Jordan Birch's pick six. It was good to see. I mean, he was, he was hauling ass out there after that. Um, Probably I actually, his first five-star play. Definitely his first five-star play. I mean, but was it a five-star play if it's, if it's against EIU? I don't know. But anyways. If you crib one on defense, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean. I mean a defensive lineman pick six, come here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty sick. But unfortunately, we had just left the stadium when that happened. <laughs> so. Um, wow, are you in the real fan, bro? Clearly not. 
you know, <laughs> it is it is what it is. Um, offensively is where you know more of the questions are coming in because defensively, I mean, we shut them out first shutout since 2008, I believe, uh, for us. Um, PFF had us missing four tackles the whole game, which is pretty good. Um, but it's EIU, so that's nothing. That's not saying we're going to have a good defense this year. It's just the competition was not very good. Offensively, I really wish we could have run the ball better. Um, we didn't run the ball great, uh, especially with four out of five returning offensive linemen. And, you know, they were the, the, the guys in front of Kevin Harris running for 1,100 yards last year. Um, I was surprised that we couldn't run the ball a little bit better. I mean, we ended up – let me see. We ended up with 258 yards on the ground. Um, it honestly didn't seem like that much. Uh, Zaquandre White broke off a 64-yarder, which is a pretty decent chunk of that. Um, so, run blocking needs to improve. Um, and then through the air, we didn't – we just didn't really try much through the air. Uh, we tried one deep ball, which was uh, – just out of reach of Jalen Brooks. Or, I mean, he probably could have called it, hit his hands, but but I don't know. Um, still questions at wide receiver. DeCaron Joyner had a couple drops. Um, you know, I, I'm nervous about him. Josh Van actually played decent. But, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to learn anything about this team from this game. But, I mean – well, I guess, I mean, you have to you have to mention old Zeb Nolan. He went out there, he threw four touchdown passes. He only threw for threw for a hundred something yards, but four touchdown passes, no picks. He took care of the ball. He was efficient. Um he was he was fairly accurate with the ball too, uh, fitting him in some tight windows. Um, but yeah, also another another little fact, Zeb Nolan. The uh, the old GA turn quarterback has more passing touchdowns than JT Daniels and DJ Ukulele combined this season. Ooh. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to get a win, it's nice to do it the way that you're supposed to do it. Um, but you know, the competition just increases from here. This was like playing NCAA on uh, on freshman mode. Uh, next week is varsity, and then you get up to Heisman when we play Georgia week three. So we'll see. It was a good win, but you know, got to keep moving. Um, do you think they throw Zeb out there next Saturday or this Saturday? Uh, probably not. Is Doty ready to go? Yeah, Doty's ready. He was, um, he actually, Doty spoke today to the media. He said he could have gone if he needed to this past week, this past Saturday, um, but obviously he didn't need to, and it's not worth the risk. But he was, he's practicing already this week. Uh, he's 100%. So he should be the guy. You would expect him to be the guy. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Zeb, he, he was efficient. I mean, he didn't blow anybody away. He did what you kind of expected him to do. He's a veteran guy, and he, he took care of the offense, um, but especially for this this next week coming up, whoever plays the ECU game is playing the Georgia game because you're not going to play Zeb for ECU then play put Doty in in his first game against Georgia. You know, so whoever you're going with ECU is is who you're going with UGA. So I expect that to be Doty. Yeah, sure. And I'll I guess say. I I, I, I was. 
I was going to say, I guess I should mention Marshawn Lloyd. He finally got his first carries uh, as a Gamecock. He looked he looked nice. Uh, he didn't break any long runs. I think he only had so he only had 55 yards rushing, uh, but he showed that that short area quickness. He showed that he's he's got the confidence back in his knee. I think he's still shaking a little bit of rust off, but it was good to see him out there. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. Took care of business when you need to. So, yep, can't complain. On to the next one. But I guess it's time for I guess it's time to talk about the big the big game. All right, both of y'all give me a little breakdown. What happened? I've watched a little bit of the game. Um, not all of it, though. I haven't watched it all the way through. It's kind of boring. I'm not going to lie to you because there's not a lot that goes on. Um, it's cool to watch the oh, defense yeah, I mean, play if, so well. but Once you know who wins in a game like that, like it, there's no excitement behind it. So, it's, I mean, it's hard to, like, rewatch. Yeah. Here in the moment, it was dope, though. Oh, yeah, it was super hype because, I yeah. mean – it felt like we were down like 40 points at one point and it was literally seven nothing. Yeah, it was um you're just it, I kind of enjoyed it because it was it brought back the old school uh football. I don't know if that's a good thing. Um obviously not, but you know, it kind of touched on when defense used to rule the world back in the day. Um and special teams. Back in, the, Arna, back in the day really wasn't that long ago, honestly. That's true. Um, but it was a cool game to see, especially after, you know, the LSUs and the Alabamas and all those people who have just run through college football, destroying people. I definitely didn't see it coming, though. No. no, I, mean, no I, I, thought, I thought my phone service was just really bad. My ESPN app would not update. I was trying to – I was like three no, – or seven nothing – and I was like, all right, seven nothing. I was like, what the hell is going on? So it was strange to see from my end, just trying to check the score. I was expecting, you know what, obviously what we I were had, expecting, but I had to I had to laugh at uh there's this a little kid sitting behind me at the game. Uh he was watching the George game on his phone. He didn't care about South Carolina game. Um nice. but he 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 was like all upset and I was like, What happened? He said that Georgia missed a field goal and I just had to laugh thinking about how much champs the special teams coordinator missed his first field goal out there. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, that's, that was it. That was, it was special teams and defense, first half. Jake Camarda was the MVP the first quarter. Clemson <laughs> only had the ball for two minutes, I think it was. Yeah, we, was ran, we ran like seven plays the first 18 minutes of the game. Yeah. And now that Presley's gone, you know that Kamara's going to win the Ray Guy Award this year. I mean, shit, he's definitely the best punter in the country. <laughs> After that unit last from Georgia Tech, I'm surprised he hasn't switched uh, defensive tackle in the NFL. He's working on it, but shit, <laughs> last year it was it was him and Kamara, so yeah, that leaves Kamara. <laughs> yeah, Presley's going to end up being the goal line back. Uh, or he's third string quarterback too. But talk, talk oh, to me. Go. Talk to me about the game, boys. Sam, how how did y'all lose? What happened? Um, you let me just give it like just just let it all out right now. You gonna let me vent? Give it to us straight. Dog. Just go for it. Just you want you want me to interrupt or you just want to go for it? Honestly, I mean, yeah, interrupt me. Who cares? Um, 
But, I mean, yeah, obviously both defenses showed up. Like I said last like last week, I I didn't think this game was going to approach the, the line of 51 and a half. But at the same time, if you had told me that neither team was going to score an offensive touchdown, I probably, like, I probably would have had to get an argument with you because that's just so stupid. But, I mean, really, I think I was kind of surprised that DJ played as timid as he did. He was just super indecisive. I mean, the two games we saw last year, he looked he looked so good that I guess my expectations were a lot higher. Um, obviously, Notre Dame had a good defense, but nothing like what Georgia had just in terms of, like, size up front. Um, but – I mean, I think ultimately it, 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 it's got to go back to Tony Elliott calling plays, putting the game plan together. Like, Georgia's defense right now is no different than it's been since February when you had Jermaine Johnson leave. And other than that, I mean, the draft, I can't really think of a whole lot of guys else that you weren't expecting to leave that are that are gone. So, I mean, it's it just, we just didn't look prepared. I mean, offensively, we knew that we weren't going to be able to run the ball. Um, and I talked about how I didn't think either team would be able to run the ball well enough to like sustain drives, but I expected some explosive plays and neither of those things happened. So, I mean, when you're running backs, your three backs combined for nine carries and you have 40 something drop backs. I mean, you're taking DJ and saying, okay, we know this is probably one of the, three or four best defenses in the country, almost certainly the best defensive line in the country. And you know what, man? We don't have a great offensive line, but we're going to let you drop back every single play and get your dick blitzed off. That's that's That was the game plan. You're either going to win it for us or you're going to look like a complete scrub because there's well, no in between with a defense like that. You know what I mean? Well, also, like, with that sort of – I mean, nine running back carries – you're just making yourself one-dimensional. DJ would have had to be Superman to – I mean, they knew he was about to throw the ball, obviously, so he had he would yeah, have had to 100%. be perfect. Every snap of the second him. half, Georgia got in the mode where N'Kobe Dean would just – at the snap, I mean, he's just walking towards the center, and he's hammering the A-gap. So you have, you have five on five. Our running backs are standing there looking for somebody to block if there is a six guy instead of releasing. So, I mean, it's literally five on five and Georgia's five. We're, we're going to beat two or three of our guys on any given snap. And it could be any of the two or three of the five offensive linemen that are just going to get whooped. So, I mean, I think, I think Tony Elliott has to like, this is something that I think we've seen, if you look back at 2019 national championship game against LSU, we're up by what 10 points. And from that point on, Travis Etienne had, I think two carries the rest of the game. So I don't know if that's just his thing where he abandons the run game altogether. Um, but I think, I think even if you know, you're not going to be super successful running the ball, you have to do it. Not to the point of where like you completely kill drives by doing it, but you have to at least make Georgia say, okay, I have to respect my gap assignment. I can't just run right at the quarterback and hope I can knock his head off without fear 
of a screen going over you without fear of a little quick pass going out over the middle behind you to the tight end. I mean, it was – and don't get me wrong. It's not like Georgia didn't do a lot of really, really good things defensively. But it, Georgia just whooped us one-on-one, and we let our quarterback sit there like a – just a sitting duck. So, I mean, I don't think you put DJ in a position to be successful at all, at all. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think Todd Munkin needs a lot of credit. Um, if you get on Twitter, you'll see a lot of people like upset that he wasn't taking shots and saying that I don't understand why he's playing not to lose. But from my perspective, Todd Munkin did what I wish Tony Elliott would have done in the sense that he understood what kind of front seven he was facing. I mean, JT Daniels had 30 pass attempts, and I think 22 or 23 of them um, were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage in the air. Everything was quick. Everything was just a little hot route. They went to the tight end, Brock Bowers, a ton over the middle because it was the best matchup they had most of the time. So, I mean, you look at James Cook. James Cook is a running back. He probably took 15, 20 snaps in the slot. Almost every single time they put that jet motion or a little orbit motion, and what he was doing is he's either taking Trenton Simpson or whoever's in the nickel, making them run 40 yards across the field. Or in zone, which we were in for a vast majority of the game, especially the first half, um, he's taking a linebacker who's on the weak side. He moves over, that becomes the strong side, and that backer has to roll out into the, into the slot to cover him, which then takes a guy out of the box. So Georgia wasn't running unless they took a guy out of the box with James Cook sweeping or unless we subbed into our, our third and fourth string defensive tackles. So I think, again, I think people will probably rag on Todd Munkin, but at the same time, I think he understood the limits of his personnel and understood what the limits were going to be in terms of I mean, if you let Clemson rush the passer, it probably would have been very similar. We had one sack, and it was because JT Daniels held the ball looking for somebody deep. Um, also, I also so you, think a lot of people, like, fail to realize the situation of the game dictates a lot of the way these got, these offensive coordinators call their game too, right? So they get a feel for yeah, it in the beginning, and your defense is pitching a shutout. Both defenses are not allowing anything to go. So as an offensive coordinator, you don't want to go out there and start taking shots down the field, quick three and outs, risking turnovers, and then right, putting, putting their offense right back on the field with momentum. Like, how do you turn around to your defensive coordinator and say, you know, so you kind of play, you kind of call as the game, you, you fit the rhythm of the game. And I think he did a good job of not playing. I'm not saying play not to lose, but he did a good job of playing, keeping within himself and calling plays that, fit the rhythm of that game in my opinion so I, I agree oh I think yeah you, I think you made a good point I, I I just think people fail to realize that the game the way the game flow goes is dictates a lot of the way that these coaches coach mid-game yeah and and again I think when you understand how well your own defense is playing it it at, at a certain point it becomes about sustaining a drive long enough to let them catch their breath right and go back out there and just wreck havoc so I mean, he did. He did well enough to not lose you the game, you know. I, right. Which ultimately, even though they didn't score a touchdown, I'm sure Georgia fans are just as happy to win. Right. I mean, you let, I don't think they, I don't you think they're Clemson make any less of it. You, you, Clemson makes the first mistake. It goes for six, and that's the difference in the game. Yep. So 
hey, at some point, be happy with a guy realizing I'm not going to make a mistake and, and tie this game up or, or some, something crazy like that happen. Let's just call my game how I want to call it, and let's, let's, let's ride this thing out, see if our defense can keep it up, which they did. Right. And, and I think on the flip side of it, when you look at Clemson and you look at how well our defense played, the fact that our offense was so anemic, it just makes my stomach hurt. Because, I mean, like beginning of the third quarter, JT Daniels tries to throw an out route and it gets picked by the linebacker drifting out there because that linebacker got pulled over with James Cook. So, and then we proceed to, uh, to run the ball on first down, nothing. And then we get sacked the next two plays. We go backwards nine yards. And we had the ball on the 33-yard line after the pick. So, BT Potter's got plenty of leg right there. That's a 50-yarder if we don't gain anything. But instead, we lose nine and have to punt from our own freaking 41 or 42. So, or from Georgia's 42. So, I mean, stuff like that, just missed opportunities. It's kind of infuriating looking back on it, but. You know, I think I think Georgia deserves a lot of credit for it because they they knew what to expect. I feel like Georgia was prepared for a fist fight, and we came out there with boxing gloves on, and Georgia was just hitting us bare knuckles all night. Um, but I think defensively, I did see where JT Daniels said after the game that there were a lot of things that we did that they didn't see on film and that they weren't necessarily ready for, um, and I think. Not not to the extent of film study that he's done, but from what I know from watching is that there were little things scheme-wise that we did that throw you off and create a little bit of doubt pre-snap. Um, one of those, just talking about the defensive end. I mean, I talked last week about how Miles Murphy was almost exclusively over left tackle last year. The other night, he was both sides. Half the time he had his hand in the dirt, half the time he was standing up. He even dropped back in coverage on Brock Bowers once. I mean, the pass was completed over him. But just little stuff like that, that once you see it, you start thinking, okay, well, if he's standing up, I can't count on him to to rush. So he might be in the flat. I mean, little things like that can really throw off a quarterback when he starts thinking. Um, but Trenton Simpson, again, last year, he was, he was, I mean, just a straight edge rusher. Very little in coverage. Um, but Saturday night, he was in the nickel a ton. He started following James Cook after we, we had Skowski having to run inside out chasing him, and we were like, yeah, we can't, we can't have that, my boy. Um, but like I said, Andrew McCuba, true freshman, starting at safety. Um, after the game, they asked, you know, why Landon Zanders or Joseph Charleston wasn't starting um, in place of Nolan Turner and Brent Venables is like, no, nah, McCool would have started at the other safety spot if Nolan Turner was healthy. So I think that's good to see just because, I mean, you're you're looking at a guy who has a lot more upside than any safety we've had lately. Um, and getting him out there early and often is uh, refreshing, I'll say. Um, the other thing I noticed is that we hardly ever blitzed. There was a lot of times in the second half where, I mean, we'd bring three or four, but we were dropping guys. And I think it's because we noticed that Munkin was like, okay, everything's quick. So why take a body, you know, and, and run him at the quarterback knowing that you're not going to have time to get there. So, again, I think defensively, brilliant game plan. Offensively, equally as bad um, as the defense was good. But, you know, 
you get to play uh, South Carolina State this weekend. So this is uh, this is one of those games where you just take out all your frustration on them. You know, put up a hundred. Um, but like Sid said, if we if we struggle offensively and we look out of rhythm, it's, I'm going to be really really concerned um, because I think I think our ceiling is probably set somewhere like it was last year where our offensive line is just not good enough to like take you to the promised land. But at the same time, we're so deep at receiver. I mean, Joe Ngata, we talked about he's a practice All-American. He finally went out there and looked like one. I mean, Justin Ross is going to be Justin Ross at some point, I think. DJ's shown he can be good. We have three really good running backs that I think give you something different. So I think it goes without saying that both teams are going to continue to get better. And the defense on both teams is going to keep you in every single game, regardless of what the offense does. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a just a straight up fist fight, a good old fashioned fist fight. Um, but you hate to lose it, but at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't derail the season. Um, maybe maybe emotionally for me it does, but it is what it is. So that's that's my rant. Thanks for listening. All right, Devin, any further thoughts? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just going to piggyback off um, y'all's defensive game plan. I was also shocked um, at what y'all uh, – what Venables had drawn up. Um, seeing him drop eight and only bring three, a majority of the first half, that was a majority of the game, really. That's what threw me off. Um, and, I, you know, because you can kind of tell Munkin's game plan was getting ready for the, all the blitzing and different uh, packages that Venables is known for throwing at an offense. Um, offensive line, um, they played a lot better than I thought they were going to, um, considering the injuries. Tate Ratledge is starting right guard, got hurt after the uh, fourth snap of the game. Um, the Did we hear what happened starting, to him? Huh? Did we hear what happened to Ratledge? Is, like, is he good? No, he's out for the year. Liz Frank. Seriously? Yep. Dude, what's up with Liz Frank, dude? That girl out here catching bodies. <laughs> you taking the whole team, bro. Y'all need to put boots on everybody. You're <laughs> taking the whole team. Everybody out there in steel toes from now on. Everybody yeah. running around out there in Timberlands. Yeah. Ain't no excuses. Yeah. <laughs> bro, you got Georgia's defense in Tim's. It's over. Over. Yeah. So, we had to move around. Uh, what should have been the start and center – but he didn't go out and start because he had a broken bone in his hand. Warren Erickson, he ended up playing the rest of the game at right guard, um, which was crazy to me. He still went out there and played against that defensive front um, for Clemson. Uh, Van Pran, first game, starting at center. Um, you know, did pretty well, actually. Um, I, didn't, I, I didn't see his he, grade. In, in fairness, though, he didn't get Tyler Davis. Which, That's true. At the end of the day, it really didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they scored any offensive points, so it's not like y'all really could have been that much better on defense to make a difference in the game. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, all, offensive line, 
you know, there's a lot of improvement that needs to be done. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to look different even this Saturday um, against UAB. Um, but uh, going to tight end, I was, I was really shocked. Uh, Brock Bowers uh, walked out there in the first play of the game. I was, I thought it was going to be Fitzpatrick all the way. And you saw Brock Bowers, you know, every other all night. Every other drive, but Brock Bowers is out there every drive, almost every play. Um, led the he, team, he led the team in catches, didn't he? In, in yards, so like six catches for 40 something yards, I think. Um, just for so clarification, I'm, just for clarification, I'm pretty sure I mentioned that last week. I mentioned that he'd be out there, so just saying, Hell yeah. Uh, Oscar Dell was in attendance, so I think that's why they threw it to him. In a Georgia shirt, too, by the way, as if we thought he was in a Clemson shirt. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just kidding, though. But uh, wide receiver. Uh, that, would be, that would be bold to change your game plan against number two Clemson just for a recruit. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just had to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> Sounds like something Beamer would do, honestly. Yeah, that's probably. more like last year when y'all beat the show in Missouri, then you threw it to uh, Washington like five times in a row down the field. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was five of his seven catches on the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, all right, we're beating that lot of them. Start feeding them. <laughs> Feed the biggest guy on the team. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll say this about Munkin on offense. Um, going into the this season, um, before everybody got hurt, um, and before, you know, we've had a couple changes at personnel and whatnot. Um, I was, you know, going into this year, you, we kind of expected more with the weapons, but like y'all said, personnel wise, we were depleted, um, on the outside. Uh, there were only two guys that had more than five catches, playing the Clemson game at wide receiver and tight end. That was Jermaine Burton and John Fitzpatrick. Every other guy – Did either of those guys have a catch? Um, Burton had Burton had one. Yeah, Burton had one. I don't think John had one. Burton had two and John had one. Okay. John yeah. Fitzpatrick had one for zero yards. Jermaine Burton had two for 11 yards. Well, they were trying to feed the tight end, so has no one wonder for zero as a reception. It. Yeah, I didn't remember it either. Um <laughs> But, yeah, all the other guys were freshmen or redshirt freshmen. I mean, it was – the personnel on the outside was, you know, very slim. Y'all had Hunter Renfro out there, dude. Yeah, we did. We did, um, which would be really I cool. Know you, I know you like that. I know that got you fired up. Oh, I loved it. Um, <laughs> I love Dan Jackson getting reps out there at safety, too. Are you talking about – Oh, Yeah. Are you talking about Lad McConkey? Yes. Of course I'm game, dude. McConkey, baby. <laughs> Did he um, look good? Dude, he's not half bad. Bro, his name's Honestly. Lad. He's not half bad. Other than going... the fact that he sounds just <laughs> yeah, he never sounds mind. Like I'm not even gonna say anything, but other than that fact, <laughs> did he look good? <laughs> imagine so imagine if you if you're if you've never seen Lad McConkey before, imagine the fastest kid on the smallest private school you've ever seen. 
Bro, yeah. um, imagine being a, a safety or a corner and just so, getting toast, toasted by a dude named Lad <laughs> McConaughey. <laughs> Yo ass got burnt by Lad. Apparently, he can scoop like Kirby talks about him like he's fucking a sprinter. I don't doubt it. It still don't change the fact that if you, if you give up a bomb and you get toasted and they say Lad McConkey <laughs> just toasted your ass over the, the PA system, that you're done. <laughs> you know he's getting roasted in the locker room, too, when the game's over. Dude, uh-huh. you're done. You can't come back from getting toasted by a guy named Lad McConkey. <laughs> That's like getting four touchdowns thrown on you by a guy named Zeb. That's true. What? That 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 hung up the whistle and picked up a helmet. Yeah. Um. I, another thing, wide receiver Kiaris Jackson. He didn't take a snap at wide receiver. All he did was return punts. Um. He's still not a hundred percent with his knee. Apparently. Um. That's so kind of strange to put a guy back there to return punts. That's not a hundred percent with his. He was knee. really just fielding him. Like he wasn't even. There was no return, and I guess I guess the game plan is go out there, sure-handed, catch the damn ball. We'll take it where it is. Right. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver was. Uh, I was for all the weapons we have coming into Clemson. That is not at all what I expected to be out there. Um, but you know, they got the job done somehow. Um, running back Zamir looked good. Chris Smith got the job done. Um. Chris Smith said, I, I put a team on my back, though. They, they got first downs. That's all that mattered. And one time of possession. Um, big, though. I wish – I want Kendall Milton to get more carries, man. I want him to get yeah, more carries. So, I don't know if y'all saw this, but when he dropped the boom on Landon Zanders and he immediately subbed out, Yeah. Um, at first I thought he had CTE. <laughs> at first I thought, okay, Kendall just ended him. Uh, well, it turns out he actually had uh, rotator cuff surgery, or maybe it was a torn labrum. Uh, uh-huh. Well, it, it it tore again on that play. So he's Can done for a year. Damn, dude. Kendall Milton put him in the coffin. <laughs> Landon? His, his um, rotator cuff, cuff is done? Yep, that right shoulder, it exploded again, baby. Ah. I was wondering if that was just a stinger or something. Dang. Oh, it was stinging. For sure. Nah, Kendall put it. Kendall put him in the dirt, bro. His head was just pounding, and his shoulder was probably just throbbing. Can you imagine that combination right there? Oh, I'm sure that I'm sure the headache he had. He was probably seeing stars. He probably didn't even feel his shoulder at first. He was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't see great." <laughs> Damn. One hit. That's all it takes. Labrum's done. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Like uh, I said, dude, that was that was that game was a straight up fist fight. It was. Yes, yeah, it was. I'll I'll give I'll go to defense, uh, but I want to I say I I will say this with what Munkin had on the outside, I give him I'll give him a little bit of credit. But once everyone gets back healthy in there, um, I don't want it to be the same type of scenario where it's just whole. Oh, it won't be a three point lead, but that's what it's been with him. That's the thing. That's why that's why all the Georgia fans are mad is because they haven't seen change yet. But I'm giving him slack this game um, because we didn't have shit on the outside. Um, you want to talk about fans being mad about not seeing change? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you want to go there. Let's move on to another topic. That's true. Um, defensive side of the ball, Sam already touched on it. Um, 
defensive front just absolutely obliterated Clemson's offensive line. Can we talk about how Jordan Davis might actually be the biggest human on the face of the planet? Yeah. Um, My uncle works uh, on campus in Georgia, and he sees him um, in the dining hall sometimes. Or, like, the the players' dining hall. Probably a pretty Um, common place to find him there. My God. And – my my uncle is six five, two forty, and he said Jordan Davis makes him feel small. Uh, yeah, he makes a lot of people feel. And small. it's not even his height; it's his. He said his shoulders are like two of him. That's how broad they are. Did y'all not see the picture of him standing there waiting for his interview? And the there's the state patrol behind them. And they're like, yeah, it's like he don't need a security guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he makes a security guard look like he's five five. Like, bro, yeah. that uh, you you said he finds him in the the dining hall. That if my money was on where would where would he be at? It'd probably be there. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, or the weight room because he got that fat neck, boy. Either one. <laughs> I guarantee he can shrug an F one fifty, no doubt. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, I was shocked um, to see how much we flustered DJ. Because um, like even during the he game, I texted Sam. I was like, "What is DJ doing?" I mean, he he on some plays he just acted like he had no idea what was going on, and he was so like flustered, he just didn't know what to do. And a couple plays, he did have a guy like he had guys open, and it was just a miscommunication from the sideline or the wide receiver, I don't know what was going on or if DJ thought it was something else. But, I mean, that was a huge impact on the game. And um, Dan Lanning did a fantastic job on just mixing up blitz uh, packages on them. I mean, in our – hell, the first sack of the game was probably the most impressive. We dropped eight and only rushed yeah, three. Yeah, he, just, he still, just walked into him. We, we still sacked DJ, yeah. Uh, secondary, yeah, secondary played phenomenal. Um, everybody's worried about them going into the game, obviously. Um, but they they had lockdown coverage. I mean, obviously, pick six, you know, DJ couldn't really go with the ball much. Granted, he was getting blitzed his ass off, um, didn't really have time to make a throw. But you know, I was overall really happy with the defense. I mean, it's hard to say if you can go up from there, to be honest. I think both offenses can come away with this looking like, okay, if our defense plays like this, dude, we really don't have to do too much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Oh boy. Week one. Hate to week. lose that one though. That's, that's a tough one for, for the old pride. Week one in the books. Shout out <clears throat> podcast pup. Yeah. Davini's got his first time we've uh, first time we got two, we got two podcast puppies 2011. Yeah, 2021 is not Clemson's year so far. 0 and 2. Hey Sam, I saw Ooh. a stat um, that uh, what is it? Y'all only beaten us once in the last uh, like 30 30 years or something like that. It was something something crazier than what I thought it was. I don't know. Probably. That was the first time we've lost back-to-back games since 2011. 
tough. Not a good look. Not a good look. Yeah, it's one of those losses where, where like afterwards, like you're just like soul searching. Like, dude, are we even good at football anymore? <laughs> I was soul searching. They don't, Sid, they don't even have, know, dude. They don't no, even know. They no, don't dude. Know. I was contemplating should we even have a problem anymore? They don't get it, dude. They don't really get it. <laughs> Right. I'm well, worried man. if we're gonna go to the playoff. Y'all worried if you're gonna have the program anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, well, yeah. oh man, week one in the books, baby. Two SEC teams are one and zero, and the two ACC teams are zero and one. Suckers. <laughs> All right, let's not get personal here, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, keep but... the ACC out of this. Even though <laughs> the entire ACC got absolutely dogged all weekend, blew it. Hey, but the bad thing is though, I was rooting against them. Like Miami, I enjoyed watching them just get freaking throttled. They got. Can destroyed. we talk about <laughs> Alabama real quick? Oh, like... there, there, dude. There's no way that Bryce Young should have looked as good as he did and as prepared no. as he did. For him it's to be five ten, for him to be five ten, he sat in the pocket like no problem. Just throwing where he wanted to, he just looked so good. And then their weapons, like Lotu, the the tight end, he's out there stiff arming folks, step high stepping into the end zone. Like, right, he he kind of looked like uh like little Jalen Hurts. You remember when Jalen Hurts came in and was a freshman and just looked so composed and like. I don't know. That's that's what Bryce Young reminded me of. He just – but everything he did, like, may, he may not have been, like, the sharpest, like, as in throat ball placement, but he just looked like it, it was nothing out there. He was yeah. out there just nothing – nothing phased him. If he was rolling out, he was composed. It didn't matter. He was still keeping his eyes downfield. He had good pocket presence. It was just, like, at some point it was kind of discouraging. You're watching it, you're like, shit. Like how's yeah. how, they got they got they two, did it again. They got a 35-year-old man at running back that ain't nobody tackling. Um, they got two guys behind him, three guys behind him that could take it to the crib anytime they want. And then they got six receivers, one four of them, you don't even know their name, but they're all running four threes going yeah, for touchdowns. They'll put a 150 on you real quick though. Yeah, yeah. And then the next thing you know, they're you know, you got just guys running. Down yeah. the field. Well, Al- Alabama is again the team to beat. One hundred. Bama is Bama. Water is wet. Yeah. yeah. It was frustrating to me, honestly. Well, it wasn't frustrating. Like I was like, I'm glad they're beating the shit out of Miami because I Miami's just one of those teams I just hate. But yeah, well, watching that, you're like, geez. Before we move on to the next episode, I guess uh, I wanted to say that. You know, a little shout out to Connor and Oklahoma getting getting the big win this weekend against uh, who they Tulane, isn't that who they played? Yeah, yeah dude, I, I, I will give. I I think it's easy for a team to go out there and have a clunker, and I think Spencer's a lot better than what he showed. And I also think that Tulane team was pretty damn physical. They were they were laying the wood on the boys. I'm not saying it should have been as close as they were. They shouldn't have given up. Hey, that they move. were hey, they were they were one yard away on that fourth and thirteen to keep that drive going. Tulane dude, was. Dude, that that kid, that Michael Pratt kid, he's tough. He he, I, I'll give him the award for toughest kid of the week because he got just <laughs> destroyed the. From the first snap to the end of the game, he was getting thrown around like a rag doll, and he just popped right back up. He was grimacing, but what's, I mean, what's that old saying? If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Dude, I don't. 
that poor boy. But hey, I mean, they still got it done in the end. So something I wish we would have been able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Well, same. Well, there are the week one recaps for for everybody. Um, catch us in the next episode. We'll uh, we'll preview this the upcoming games this weekend and give you our picks. So uh, peace.